the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. If you have the same Bible I have, you'll find that there on page 1469. Hallelujah. 1469. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. We heard a little bit about grace on this morning, uh, even in our opportunity for prosperity as we were receiving our offering. So there is that commonality and that thread of grace that is really uh, tying the, the, the body of Christ and all of the, the men and women of God who are, who are ministering and, you know, pastors and men and women of God, evangelists and, 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 and those who, who have the opportunity and who are blessed to stand before the Lord and to minister to them. Amen. This is becoming a, a prevalent subject within the body of Christ at this point in time, in this season. Therefore, First thing, this is therefore a reason. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Now, we're going somewhere with this, and we understand that this particular uh, passage of Scripture, you know, from, from the book of Romans here, uh, was, was actually written, it was the epistle of uh, of Paul the Apostle to the Roman church, to the Romans at this particular time. And there's a, a, a point that Paul is trying to make here. Uh, and it's, it's, and I want you to follow me here with this. So, you know, we would look at this and we, as we read this scripture, just on what we're reading, by basis of what we're reading here, we would actually think that uh, Apostle Paul in this epistle to the Romans is, is saying that, that uh, uh, faith is the point of this particular verse, but in actuality, it is not. The point of this particular verse in the scripture is grace. Grace is that which the Apostle Paul is talking about, and, and the Apostle Paul knew something about the grace of God. Not only did he know about the unmerited favor of God, but he knew about all of the other benefits, amen, that grace would bring to him. You know, and so I think it's up to us as well to also understand that, that, that grace is the unmerited favor of God. It is what God has done for us um, through uh, righteousness at Christ's expense. Yes, that is true, but there is also so much more, amen, that I think we, we need to know. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, we heard that in, in, in this scripture, and I believe that we know that by heart as well. And it is for by grace are ye saved. And I have that underlined in my Bible through, that word through faith. And let's just stop right there. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Now, I have that word underlined in my Bible through because it is an important word for all of us. The word through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, means door, D-O-O-R, important thing. So if you go through the door, if you go in one side, you'll come out the other side. So faith, the word, the word is, uh, faith really is the issue here. The word faith really here is the issue. But the, now, now don't get me wrong now, and I'm talking about faith, and don't follow me, and I want, you to, I want you to understand this. But the bigger issue here in this verse is 
grace. So Paul's talking about faith and he's talking about grace. All right. So the purpose of, of, of faith was to get to the grace. Did I say that faith? Or did I say something else? Okay. All right. So the purpose of faith was to get to the grace. All right? So that means grace is really a big subject for all of us as born-again believers in Christ Jesus. Grace is a, is, is a really important, it's a really big subject for all of us. So the biggest thing to me is, the biggest thing in, in God's heart and mind is grace, his grace. His grace. Uh, I don't want to touch on it, but I want to say it anyway. Paul said that, uh, you know, that uh, Christ said to him, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace that I have for you, you know, look, that's going to bring, take you through everything that you, you know, that you're dealing with and that you're going through right now. We're going to look at that scripture if we have time a little later on. So, so the biggest thing in God's heart and mind is grace. So the basic definition of, of, of grace is God's willingness. Watch this. God's willingness to treat every believer as though sin has never been. Brother Copeland gave that definition, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a short while ago. Write that down, right? Grace is God's willingness to treat every believer as though sin has never been. Never been. Wow. Wow. Meaning that, you know, there, there, there's yet a residue. Have you ever watched some of those um, those uh, shows that are on TV now and whenever a crime has been committed and because of all the forensic and all of those things now, they can basically go in, you know, wherever there's a crime has been committed and where there's any, any blood that's been shed or any of those things, they can go in with a, spe a specific ultra type of ultraviolet light and they can shine that ultraviolet light even though, you know, there has been a... Um, you know, perhaps a crime scene or something, you know, it's been, it's been sterilized and sanitized and it looks like it's clean, but they can go in with the light and hold it up and they can see, yeah, there really was a crime here. There are blood spots, there are blood spatters, there are other kind of liquids or fluids that have been, you know, that have been cleaned up in this place. But, you see, that's something that's all powerful. You know, God's grace, his willingness to treat all of us as believers in Christ Jesus as though sin has never been, not just covered up, yep. not if you go in and you use that, that, that ultraviolet light or, you know, a magnifying glass to spray some of that, you know, particular chemical down that you're going to see it come up, as if it had never been. Wow. wow. Now that's grace. How many people do you know in your life, whether they're, you know, somebody that you're, you know, you're intimately acquainted with, and I'm not saying that in a, in a nefarious way, but I'm saying that somebody that you know well, you know, and that you've probably known for the majority of your life, you know, and, and, you know, they know about you, they know about your past, they know about your history, they know all that stuff, and although you've turned the page and you've, you know, turned over a new leaf, you now belong to Christ Jesus, some of them still going to talk about that stuff you used to do. Huh? They know you're brand new. They know that you're a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. They know all of that. They know you're Holy Ghost filled, that you're 
fire baptized. They know, you know, boy, you, you know, you've been, you, you know, you've been beautified with salvation. You know, you're not that, you know, that aggressive, overly aggressive person, that, that angry person, that militant person, whoever, whatever it might be. You know, anymore, you're now meek and humble. You have the spirit of Christ dwelling on the inside. They know that greater is he that is on the inside of you now than what was in you before. And all of that, but yet and still, from time to time, they're going to bring up old stuff. Thank God for his willingness, his willingness, amen, to treat us as if the sins that we had committed have never been. In fact, you know, the Bible tells us that he takes our sins and he throws them as far as the east is from the west. All right. So in the New Testament, uh, and, and, you know, I, as, as I study, do word studies and, 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 and and things of that nature, you know, and, and I like to do that because it gives me a different perspective on words. Uh, my father was, was good at that, and, and you know, even you know, as he advanced in, in, in years, and, and, and I understand why he, he did that now, but there were times when I'd see him, and he, he would be sitting, and he'd be looking in a dictionary. He'd be there looking in a dictionary. You know, and he'd be looking at words, and I, you know, never disturbed him during those times, but I just observed all of that, yeah. and it really occurred to me that, you know, even, you know, he's, he's probably, probably at one point has, has experienced or, 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 or even, you know, used most of those words from, from aardvark, you know, to, to, to the, you know, the last letter of Z in the dictionary and all of that, but it still piqued his interest, interest and created a, a thirst for him. And he was an avid reader. And, 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 and you know, but so there's something that I, 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 I learned from that is it's always good to just study words. It's good to be able to add to our vocabulary. It's always good to expand our intelligence. Sometimes I talk to people, you know, and they say, well, you know, you know, do you know this or you do you know that? And I said, well, you know, listen, what you're trying to tell me is, you know, we only have, you know, so much RAM up here. It's, it's unlimited, but I don't clutter up that RAM that I have up here. I don't clutter it up with insignificant stuff, stuff that I don't need to know, you know. And they kind of look at me and say, you know, that makes sense. But when it comes to the Word of God. We ought to be studying the Word of God. We ought to be reading. We ought to be meditating on the Word of God. We ought to be delving into all of that. So in the New Testament Greek, the word grace is used, and you've probably heard this over the last few weeks, is used many times. I think if you would count them up and just in the New Testament and look at that word grace, I believe that it is defined there or spoken about there um, 17 different ways means something. We talked about some of those. So grace as defined in the New Testament is defined as graciousness, thanksgiving. Sometimes grace means uh, acceptable. Uh, grace is defined as, as, as benefits. It's defined as favor and gifts and joy and liberty. Grace can be defined as, as pleasure and thanksworthiness and assistance from God. Grace can also be defined as the, 
the, the manifest measure of the Holy Spirit, which brings about gifts and fruits of the Spirit. Mm, I like that. So sometimes the word grace is used as the result of the Holy Spirit operating and being active in our lives as well. It also means the, the work of God and it means thankfulness. So now when we are studying the word of God, it's important to identify, uh, this goes you know, in general terms as well, it's important to identify key words and phrases and know what their definitions are. In the Bible. All right? We look in the dictionary. And if I were to say the word two to you, how would you spell that word two? Two, yeah. But, but okay, I heard two. Yeah, so, so, you know, that is a case in point. So two is spelled three ways. T-O, T-O-O, and T-W-O. See that? But you don't, you, don't, you don't clutter up your RAM with that. It's just something that you know, you know? All right? So it's the same way when it comes to the word of God when we say grace. For by grace are you saved. Through faith. Through faith. Grace. Grace. We get that assistance. We get that manifest measure of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It is that grace which brings about gifts and fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Grace, that is the work of God, and that ought to bring about thankfulness in all of our lives. So if we don't know what the definition of something or a word is, what do you think that's going to do? It's going to change the context of what somebody's talking about, what you're studying about, what you're reading about, and all of that. It's going to change the concept. It's going to change the context. It's going to change the thought or the meaning of what the particular writer is trying to impart to the readers. Now, I know I'm, this is kind of like I'm giving you a lecture here today, you know, and I, you know, but let me, let me just throw this in here. Yeah, hallelujah. Everybody say yeah. Yeah. Everybody say yeah. Say yeah. All right, now we got yeah, now we got it out of our system. Back to the word, out of our systems, all right? Get everybody's blood moving just a little bit. Hallelujah. So, understanding uh, what a particular writer is imparting to us, uh, what a particular reader is imparting to us, uh, a particular writer is imparting to us as readers is important for all of us because one word in Scripture can have different connotations to different people. There are even phrases in the Bible. Uh, and he killed himself. So if you connect that with another part of a scripture, it says, now go and do likewise. Yes. None of us are going to do that, are we? So it has different connotations. No, we would, God forbid, we would never do anything like that. So, you know, when scriptures are taken out of context, it can mean different things to different people, and it can create havoc in your life. For example, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 30. How about that? Praise the Lord. Oh, boy, that was the grace of God. I just did like that, and there it was. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 30. For if I buy, what's that word? Grace be a partaker. Who am I evil spoken of? 
for which I give thanks. So now, this word grace here means thanksgiving. It means thanksgiving. So if you read it according to what the scripture is saying here, for if by grace you would be a partaker, who am I? Evil spoken of, for which I give thanks. So now just study that word out. For if by thanksgiving be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of, for which I give thanks? All right, now, now follow me out. That is, all right. Colossians chapter 4. All right. Hallelujah. The context of what we read tells us the meaning of what something is. Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 6. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Hallelujah. Let your speech be always with what? Grace. Grace. Seasoned with what? Salt. Salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. So here's another word that grace is used. The word grace is used again here. So let your speech be always with, or let your speech be always, that word grace means acceptable here. It's not talking about the unmerited favor of God. It's not talking about thanksgiving as it did in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 30. It's the same word, but it's used in a different way here. So let your speech be always acceptable, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. So the apostle Paul here says that our speech should always be now watch this, acceptable and prudent. We've heard that for years. Let your words be few. you. At season with grace or with salt. All right? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Paul is telling all of the writers here, he's telling us that we should be mindful of how we talk. Paul is saying here, and I'm going to say it again to you. Paul is saying here that we should be mindful of how we talk and not about how full of grace we are. If you're thinking about it now, this is a different context. Yes, we are supposed to be full of grace. We want the full manifestation of God's grace poured out upon our lives, do we not? But here he's talking about, now listen, you just, you just, when you're talking to people, when you're dealing with people, don't be so, although the scripture says, you know, that we're supposed to be, we're supposed to have grace, and it's supposed to be seasoned with salt, the words that we say, but we're not supposed to be salty with people. Do you know? And sometimes even, the, you know, the most seasoned saints of God. Other ones that are the most salty when it comes to having conversations, not only with those within the body of Christ, or not only with those outside of the body of Christ, but also with those within the body of Christ. So Paul is teaching us a real good lesson here. Listen, you know, you're full of grace, just mindful how you talk and you walk. Don't be so full of grace, you know, the fact that you're so full of grace. We should be full of grace, but don't allow that to to impact you in a negative way. So now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hallelujah. 
We know this one, huh? I know we know it. You, I, you know it. Amen, everybody? We there? All right, not there. Page 1586. Hallelujah. God will give you the grace to get to that scripture and that right early. All right. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, one of my favorite scriptures. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, I underlined that word throne of grace. I underlined that here in my Bible, that we may obtain mercy, and I have mercy underlined, and find grace to help in time of need. So, the throne of grace, meaning he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, meaning the seat of authority. Now, this grace means the seat of authority here, that we may obtain mercy, meaning that we may obtain compassion and find grace to help, meaning aid in our time of need. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good in here now. Everybody have it? Do I need to go back? Make sure everybody's got it? What do you want me to say? I'm sorry? Meaning the seat of authority. Okay? That we may obtain mercy, meaning compassion. All right? And find grace to help, meaning aid in the time of need. Why is it that those that you love and that are always close to you are the ones that always see over here, get me to rewind over here, huh? Praise God. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So now we know then about the, let me let, me let you get it. Everybody there? And if you, if you haven't gotten it yet, or if you're on your way there, you know, we, we have it right here before you too. And the media department is doing an excellent job Amen. with even giving us these scriptures here on this morning. Yeah. So now 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. So we know about the thorn in the flesh, that messenger of, 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 of Satan sent to buffet about Paul, the apostle, three times. Now watch what he says here. And he says unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, or enough for thee. For my strength, and I have that, I underline that word as well, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now watch this. So the word strength here is, is, is dunamis. Everybody knows that word dunamis, right? Dunamis power. Uh, that word dunamis meaning the miraculous supernatural power of God operating in my life. And he goes on to say, my grace is sufficient, meaning made perfect or complete in weakness. Now, watch this as we go on. So now the rest of this verse tells us about what grace is as it applies to this scripture here. And he's got, uh, Paul is having this conversation with the Lord. All right. The rest of this verse tells us what the grace is. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power, meaning the dunamis power, 
all right, that miraculous supernatural power of Christ, the anointing, the anointed one and his anointing may rest upon me. So the grace here, the grace of God here in this particular verse is the manifestation of the power of God. We all want that kind of grace in our lives, don't we? Yes. Don't we? Yes. We want that dunamis power. We want that supernatural manifestation yes. of the power of God in our lives. Amen. So the grace that Paul is talking about here, it can be one of those 17 definitions, I mean, that we can find in the New Testament concerning the word grace. But the majority of the time, the scriptures address, and I'm, I'm just changed my thought here a little bit. So the majority of the time, the, strip, the scriptures address three classes of people in the Bible. Talking to the Jews are being addressed, the Gentiles are being addressed, and the church are being addressed. All right? So if a writer is talking to the Jews, he may not be talking to the church, or if he's talking to the church, he may not be talking to the Jewish people. Therefore, we've got to identify the meaning of the words in every scripture we are using. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, you know this by heart, tells us to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So that is up to us. All of us are supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God so that we rightly divide the word of truth. Now, First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Hallelujah. And I'm almost finished here. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. All right, brothers, are you ready for this? I'm going to put it on you real good now. All the brothers here today. Likewise, Ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the what? Grace of life. So the word grace here, it means the benefit of life. So he's saying here, likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the Benefit of life. Now watch this. What else does it say? That your prayers be not hindered. Brothers, are you paying attention to me? I know the ladies are loving this today. Hallelujah. So brethren, I'm saying to all under the sound of my voice, you should not fight with your wife because if you fight with your wife, you and her will not be able to operate together and get the benefits that God has prepared for you. Why is that so? Because strife is going to come in and open the door for Satan to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen, ladies? So clearly here in this particular scripture, Peter is talking about walking in love with your spouse. But if you take the wrong definition of this word grace here and try to plug that in here, you're going to be more confused than you probably ever were. But you don't want that, do you? Nobody wants to be confused. That's why we have to study to show ourselves approved unto God. That we're workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, but we're rightly dividing the word of truth. And oh, by the way, ladies, in the message. All right. 
Thank you. Here we are. No, no, I haven't put up the Oh, message Bible, yes, if you will. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I guess we'll sing a congregational song until that comes up, probably. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's there. It's there. It's there. Hallelujah. All right. Message, 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 message. The other message. There we go. Hallelujah. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to who? Ah, now listen. Don't be good to everybody else and not be good to be a good husband to your wife, brothers. Oh. Honor them. And do what else? Delight in them. Well, as women, they, like, they lack some of your advantages. They probably like some of your advantages too. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers won't do what? And none of your plans will be capsized, all right? That's a beautiful thing. That's where it is. Ladies, wives, allow your husbands to, to be good to you. Allow them to honor you. Allow them to delight in you. Husbands, allow your wives to delight in you. And we understand what the scripture says, as unto the weaker bed, not that they are. And I, in, in many ways, women and wives are, are, are stronger than men. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So while we're in grace, we are partakers of God's grace. We are equals. The playing field has been leveled, people of God. Amen. They're not up against the glass ceiling, and you're on top of the glass ceiling looking down. Everybody is the same. All right? Everybody is on top of the glass ceiling. We have broken through the glass ceiling. Even when it comes to our walk with the Lord and our relationships with our spouses. So then, when you do that, your prayers won't run aground. They won't be hindered. Now I'm about ready to close it up here. Now I know today that God has been speaking through this message today at some point to you. Perhaps in the beginning, in the middle, here at the end as we're closing it out. But I believe and I know that God is speaking to everybody in this building today. So what are you going to do about what God has spoken to you? What are you going to do about that? That's my question to you. What are you going to do about it? Because God is, he is, he is ready to move in a supernatural, miraculous way in your life. So my question is, will you let God have his way? Now I'm going to declare right now in the name of Jesus, I declare that the grace of God is now ministering to all that are under the sound of my voice right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that the grace of God is manifesting itself right now to produce in the lives of all of those that are here with us on today, to produce powerful, anointed, and godly results in the lives of all of those who are here with us on today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah. Close it up. 
Glory be to God. Well, let's say this. Uh, I'm going to say this, and if you would say this after me. Hallelujah. You can extend your hands or whatever position you would like to do that right now. God is with me. So great grace is on me now in Jesus' name. God is with you, so that means great grace is on you right now. It's not coming upon you. It is on you right now. The supernatural manifestation of the power of God, the dunamis power of God, hallelujah, the blessings of God, that covering of God, his kindness, his favor, his preferential treatment, all of those things, hallelujah, a part and parcel, hallelujah, what God has provided for us through his son Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.